that's when you'll start seeing growth within the church. So uh, we want to be praying uh, much for that because I believe the Lord's going to do some great things at Pipeful Apostolic Church. Uh, he did not establish it and let it continue on until now just to let it fizzle out. He has blessed us to have a heart to see people saved. And that's what we got to do. We got to remember, it's not about numbers, talents, and all of these things. It's about people being saved. So let's be in much prayer for uh, the uh, area, whether it is uh, Raccoon or whether it's Pikeville area. We've got the University of Pikeville there. We've got the hospital there. There's all sorts of ministry that we can do. And we're going to try to start getting involved in uh, hospital ministry, uh, nursing home ministry, and uh, try to get uh, some outreach uh, beyond uh, what we're doing uh, on on my end, but uh, try to get uh, Brother Jordan involved and try to get uh, maybe Brother Caleb, maybe Brother Dwayne, and, and get some people involved in ministry so that we can uh, reach out to other uh, areas and uh, reach some people, reach some people for Jesus. Amen. And so uh, we also want to, um, as we said, be in much prayer for those that's on our prayer list. And uh, we want to continue to pray for uh, Brother Harold. And uh, we want to pray for Peggy Tackett, Janice Davis, and Marvin Owsley. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray for the broadcast uh, tonight, the study tonight, as well as all of those on our prayer list. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for each and every one that has a need, whether it's a spiritual, physical, or mental uplifting that they need, that they can receive it by looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I pray that you would bless the study tonight, that as we study your word, that we will take it line upon line, precept upon precept. We will be able to bring uh, inspiration to your people, edification to your people, and that they would look unto you to get that anointing that will help them to overcome and break every yoke. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, um, I wanted to uh, kind of uh, get started today, and uh, I want to uh, I want to uh, sing a song, uh, and this is one that I haven't sung in a long, long time. And um, of course, you can see our title uh, there on the screen: "Choose to Overcome." We've got to make a choice today. I know that we're living in a in a world full of choices. Uh, just seems like there's choices of anything you want to do. There's a choice of going to church, backsliding, serving the Lord, not serving the Lord, uh, working, not working. Uh, there's all sorts of choices, but we need to choose or make the choice to overcome. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about that after we sing our next song. But uh, this is a song just simply says, You Are Good. That was just a little bit too much reverb, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, I tell you what, that was just that was just terrible. I tell you, terrible. <laughs> we just had a um, a uh, a function, uh, or should we say malfunction <laughs> of our uh, of our uh, our reverb? So let's see if uh, let's see if we can't uh, get this line back out here and see if we can't uh, kind of get that just a little bit dialed down, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully we can. Maybe we can get it just a little bit dialed down, and uh, hopefully that'll help some. But 
I don't know. I'm going to give it a test here. Check, check. No, that, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. 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 It does. It sounds. It sounds terrible. 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 Well, since I'm not going to be able to get that lined out, Guess what? We not going to sing. We not going to try to sing uh because uh well, let's just see if if this makes any difference. Well, maybe. Let's try it again. <laughs> All the time And your love endures forever You are good All the time You are good Yeah You are good All the time Not gonna work Not going to happen Everybody say bless him Lord That's right <laughs> Well, I've got to work on my reverb because it is way too much reverb on there. Sounds like in a can. Sounds like it was too much echo, too much of this, too much of that. But there's never too much of the word. So we're just going to jump right into the word tonight. And uh, and I'll, I'll let you all get your composure back about all the... I know you have to be laughing and, and uh, losing your breath right now, but uh, I'll let you get your composure back, and then we're going to jump right in to the Word of the Lord as we study tonight. And, um, of course, sometimes uh, things I try work, sometimes things don't work. Uh, and, um, well, I just got to try a little harder, right? Let's go to Job chapter 13, and uh, I will bring this up on the screen for us. Job chapter 13 and verse number 15, because Job is a great example of uh, persistence in the midst of human suffering. So uh, in verse number 15 of Job chapter 13, it says this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job is making a determination that he is going to overcome. He's going to keep on serving the Lord. He's going to overcome his adversity. And if anybody had adversity and things that happened that would cause him to want to just throw in the towel, Job had those things happen. But Job chose to be more than a conqueror. He chose to overcome. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity. You blessed us to study your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we study your word, that we will choose to overcome that we will understand that if we don't make that choice, you're not going to come down and make us more than conquerors. You're not going to make us victorious. We're going to have to choose to be victorious. We're going to have to choose to overcome and to be more than a conqueror. So help us, Lord, all to make that choice tonight as we study the word and give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. You know, the opinions of others will never change your character. What if Job had gotten into a place to where he started listening 
to his friends. His friends began to tell him, well, Job, I'll tell you why you're going through what you're going through, because you've sinned. Well, we all know that Job didn't sin. He was a righteous man. He was one that eschewed evil, and he feared God, so he wasn't one that had sinned. But um, Job had determined, I'm not going to let what my friends say cause me uh, to lose out with God. I'm not going to let what uh, my wife says, your spouse says. You see, a lot of people, they uh, they listen to people, and when people start telling them, oh, you'll never be nothing, you'll never amount to nothing, you'll never overcome this, what's the use going to church? Those people don't love you, they don't care for you, or something like that. Well, you know what happens? People start listening to others, and the next thing you know, they become defeated. They become overcome instead of being the one that overcomes the adversity. So whatever the price that you have to pay, overcoming is worth it. Heaven's going to be worth the journey. Oh, yes, it is. It's going to be worth the journey. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I'm going to be an overcomer. I don't know about you, but I made my choice. I'm, I made my choice back in 1981. I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to get through some stuff. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to be more than a conqueror. I refuse to allow things to enter into my life that is going to cause me to lose out. I'm not going to listen to people. If I listened to people, I would have never made it this far. If you had listened to people, I guarantee you would not be where you are right now. Because some people just looked at you and said, why do you keep going to church? Why do you keep serving the Lord after all that's happened to you and all that you're going through? You see, that's the way they treated Job. Job had death in the family. He had uh, sickness. He had sores. He had uh, all sorts of rejection. He had all sorts of uh, feeling like that, uh, you know, uh, everything in his life was falling apart, but yet he still chose to be an overcomer. Let's overcome some things. Uh, I've I've seen people get so wrapped up in their misery that that their misery becomes their destruction. They they get wrapped up in their depression, and depression becomes their destruction. They get wrapped up in the wrong crowd and their co-workers or their friends become their destruction. We must choose to overcome, to conquer, to be what the Lord wants us to be. I refuse to let anything affect my or change my character. You need to make up your mind right now. I'm not going to let anything change my character. I'm not going to let anything change the way I feel about serving Jesus. We got to have a made up mind. There used to be an old song that we would sing. I've got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up. Though I walk through the lonely valley, though I drink of the bitter cup, though the devil comes a knocking, showing me an easier way, I stand right square on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look him straight in the eye. I say my foot is on the rock and my mind's made up. Do you have a made-up mind tonight? I pray that you do. I know that some of you have a made-up mind. You're going to keep on serving the Lord, keep on coming to Pipeful Apostolic Church regardless of what you have to go through and what, what has come against you and what uh, you have to deal with. You're going to serve the Lord anyhow. And it's like the other old song, Hallelujah, Anyhow, I'll Never Let My Troubles Get Me Down. Many have faced adversity, and, um, you know, everybody seems to think that whatever they're going through is worse than anybody. And I always try to take people back to Job, and I say, have you buried all of your family this, this week? No, I ain't buried my family. Well, then you ain't had a bad day as Job has had. <clears throat> You ain't had a bad uh, day like Job had. Did you lose your house and your wealth and everything that you owned and your prestige, your job? Oh, no, I didn't. 
Well, then you haven't, haven't had a baddest day as Job has had. So with that said, when somebody starts saying, well, I'm having the worst day, uh, you know, ain't nobody ever had no bad day like me, just call a timeout and say, wait a minute, let me read Job again. Let me go through the book of Job, and uh, once again, let me, uh, let me read that chapter again, that book again, and see what Job went through. Because Job made a choice. I am going to be more than a conqueror. I am going to overcome. I will not let death separate me. I will not let the loss of money separate me, the loss of material possessions separate me. I am going to choose to conquer and to overcome. Well, you know, sometimes people look for excuses to fail. Well, I would have, I would have, uh, you know, stayed in church, but well, you know, my friends, they started, uh, you know, uh, I started hanging out with them and then they wanted me to go here with them and they didn't want me to go to church all the time. They didn't want to be, you know, uh, associated with somebody that was a Christian all the time. And so what happens? Well, your friends start changing you and they start pulling you down. They start causing you to be set up for failure. But we have to make up our mind, I'm not going to look for an excuse to fail. I'm going to start looking for a reason to succeed. I'm going to say that again. I'm not going to look for an excuse to fail, but I am going to start looking for a reason to succeed. When I think of heaven, I can hardly wait to see my brand new mansion just inside the pearly gate. I'll not be moving inside for a million years or more. It'll take me a million years to thank the Lord. You see, when I start thinking of heaven, I, you know, some people say, well, street of gold and walls of jasper, gates of pearl. No, I'm thinking about Jesus, the one who gave his life for me. That makes me choose to succeed. Every time the devil comes along and he's trying to get you to fall and trying to get you to stop and trying to get you to uh, mess up, you just say, wait a minute, i got to find a reason to succeed. I'm not going to find an excuse to fail, but I am going to find a reason to succeed. Overcoming is a choice. Let's say that together. Overcoming is a choice. You either choose to be defeated or you choose to overcome. You choose to be the victim or you choose to be the victor. You choose to fall or you choose to stand. It's just a choice. Just look at somebody and just smile at them and say, it's just a choice. It's just a choice. You choose victory. You choose to succeed. You choose to conquer. Now, the Apostle Paul received 195 lashes with a whip. He was beaten with rods three times, stoned and left for dead, shipwrecked three times. Yet, he chose to be more than defeated, more than to fail. He chose to overcome. You see, a lot of times we can say, well, I, I just, I just uh, was up against this, and, well, I just quit coming to church. Why, why do people quit Jesus? Is there anything in this world worth walking away from Jesus? And I hope everybody just simply said no. There is nothing in this world worth walking away from Jesus. So we have to find a reason to succeed. Heaven is real. I want to succeed. I want to hear him say, well done. I want to succeed. There'll be no more pain there. I want to succeed. There'll be no death there. I want to succeed. There'll, there'll be no tears in heaven. I want to succeed. 
Don't you want to succeed tonight? Well, you got to make that choice, uh, choosing to conquer, to overcome, to succeed. You see, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We find this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or uh, persecution, persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's going to cause you to backslide? What? What is the breaking point that you would say, if that was to happen, I just simply could not go on and serve the Lord? Is there anything? I would like to say that we all are going to just be very real and and, and in unison say, no, there is nothing going to separate me from the love of Christ, from serving Jesus. Now, we can all easily say that because words are bought cheap. Words are spoken cheap. Uh, You know, I can tell you, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's easy to say it, but it's harder to do it. Well, with that said, I'd like to just say this. There's some things that if, if we are not careful, we just say words. We're not really meaning what we're saying. If we say, oh, I'm going to try to win somebody to Jesus this year, but we don't try to win anybody, then it's just words. We say, I'm going to be stronger this year. I'm going to draw closer to the Lord this year, but we don't draw any closer. Then we have just spoken words. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Nay, In all these things, in all these things, we are, what, more than conquerors through him that loved us. I choose to succeed. I I made a choice. I choose to overcome. I choose to be more than a conqueror. Did you know that overcomers think differently? They refuse to waste their energy and thoughts on their problems. Have you ever noticed how somebody, it seems like nothing bothers them? Have you ever seen somebody that that maybe uh, something was said to them and uh, they they had uh, uh, just let it roll off and it didn't bother them? Somebody did something to them and, and they just... Act like it didn't happen. You see, conquerors think different. They don't look at the challenge. They look at the victory. They don't look at the obstacles they face. They look at the finish line. Nobody starts a race and says, Ooh, this is going to be a five-mile race. That's five miles I got to walk or run. Oh, everybody looks at the prize. Everybody looks at the finish line. Neither do we look at things in the world today and say, you know, this life is full of trouble and heartache and disappointment and uh, sickness and disease and all of these things. No, we look at the finish line. We got to start thinking different. That's right, because conquerors, overcomers think differently we got to start thinking differently. I'm not going to think about what I have to go through. I'm going to think about that day I hear him say, well done. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. I'm not going to think about all the things I have to go through down here and the heartaches and disappointments and setbacks, but I'm going to think about that day that I see him face to face and I hear him say, well done. I choose to overcome. Overcomers think differently. They're they're not wrapped up in the obstacles. They're not wrapped up in what they have to go through and what their present condition is or what their future condition is going to be. But they have made up their mind that they 
are going to concentrate on the Lord. You see, when when uh, Peter got out of a per- perfectly good boat to uh, start walking on the water that, uh, you know, the sea was storm-tossed, winds boisterous and all these things, as long as he didn't look at the wind and look at the waves and look at the storm and kept his eyes on Jesus, those obstacles did not hinder him from making it to Jesus. I'd like to say sometimes you've got to take your eyes off, off of disappointments. You've got to take your eyes off of what somebody says to you or about you. You've got to take your eyes off of the things that has happened that has brought you heartache and pain and disappointment. And you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You see, overcomers think differently. They don't look around and say, well, look at all this mess. Look at all of this obstacles. Look at all of this i got to go through. You just don't know, Pastor, what they said to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad a day I've had at work. You don't know how bad a day I've had at school. But you see, you're already making an excuse right now to be a failure because you got to start thinking differently. I'm not looking at all of this mess around me. What if Job had looked around and said, all my kids are dead. All my cattle's gone. All my stuff is gone. Here now I'm I'm covered with with sores, bowls, if you will. Um scraping myself with just a broken piece of pottery. If he had looked at all of that. Do you think he would have ever had strength enough to look at his wife when she said, why don't you just curse God and die? To look at her and say, you speak as a foolish woman? Am I only going to serve God, you know, for the good times and when things are good? You see, if we're not careful, we'll set ourselves up for failure because we're looking at all that we're going through, all that we're faced with, and instead of looking at the Lord saying, he's my, vic- he's my victory, he's my help, he's my hope, he's my strength, he's my shelter from the storm, he's my shield when I'm being, uh, fiery darts are being thrown at me, he's, he's my, he's my uh, strong tower that I can run into and am safe. You see, Job could have looked around at all that mess, all that loss, all that destruction, and he could have just cursed God and died. But you see, circumstances didn't change his character. Loss did not change his character. You know how you can tell the true character of someone? Watch how they act when they go through adversity. Watch how they act when they lose something. You know, I've seen people talk about how strong a Christian they were and all of this, and then when someone in their family died, they just simply fell apart. They simply fell apart. Why was that? Because it became all talk, and and they lost their focus. They set themselves up for failure. We need to make up our mind. I refuse to waste my time and my energy on things I can't change. Think about it. What have you been worrying about lately that you can't change anyway? Maybe maybe it might be a work situation. It might be, um, you know, a relationship. It could be um, a, a, an abundance of things. And you just finally realized, why am I wasting my time trying to worry and fret and and uh, just be overwhelmed with things I can't change anyway? Because sometimes we think that we can change things if we worry about it enough. <laughs> oh, if I can just worry about it enough, Pastor. If I can just talk about it enough, I can I can overcome it. No, you need to. Let it go. 
Don't look at the things around you. Job could have looked at the things around him, but he wanted to retain his integrity. Paul could have looked at all the beatings, the shipwrecks, the the things that happened to him, the beatings, the lashings, the uh, left for dead because someone had stoned him and left him for dead. He could have looked at all that and said, you know what? What about being in prison with, you know, Silas and or beaten and, and all of that? And then we'd like to sing, oh, yeah, but at the midnight hour, they started singing and praising and worshiping the Lord, and the Lord set them free. We like to talk about that. But you see, we have to choose to be that rather than just say, you know, why am I going through this? I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why other people seemingly don't have no problems. You know, I had people talk to me and they said, uh, Pastor, do you ever have any pain? Do you ever have any sickness? Do you ever have anything? You must never have anything go wrong. <laughs> and I started smiling real big and I thought, oh, if you only knew, if you only knew. But what's the use of me standing up in the pulpit on, say, I come Sunday and I stand in the pulpit and I say, I am in so much pain today, church. Oh, I should have stayed home and in bed. Or if I come and I say, you know, I've had this disappointment happen and, and I've, I've had this uh, happen to me this week and I don't know if I can keep going on. You see, if, if I sit and focus on the things around me, I will not be more than a conqueror. We got to make a choice. You, you either focus on the bad stuff or you focus on the Lord. What good things has the Lord done for you this week? Focus on those things. Why do you think the Bible says that we are to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth? Why? Because down here, what do you got? Disappointments, heartaches, sickness, all these things. So if we can think on the things above, we'll keep on. We'll make a choice. I'm going to keep on pressing forward. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. I'm going to press toward the mark of the high calling. I'm going, I'm going to keep on running this race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to keep the faith, right? That's, what we, it, that's why it's a choice. We have to choose to overcome. Because if we don't, we don't make that choice and we start looking around at the loss and the obstacles and the things that we all face, and all of us face things, I just don't get up and talk about them because it doesn't do any good. All it would do, I, I tell people all the time, I say, how you doing? And they say, well, um, I got some problems, but they ain't no use to talk about it, are they? And I say, no, because people quit listening to you. People walk away from you in mid-sentence. You start talking about all your troubles and, you know, somebody says, how you doing? Well, praise God, Pastor, I'm going through this and I've been through this and somebody said this to me. I got my feelings hurt. Ten people, uh, you know, defriended me on Facebook and I I had my Twitter account, uh, you know, stolen and I had, <laughs> you know, we could, we could talk about all this stuff that happened to us. Or we can look at one another and encourage one another and edify one another and say, everything's good. I'm doing well. You know why we're doing well? We believe in one God. The devils believe in one God. That's right. If you believe in one God, you do well because the devils believe in one God and they tremble. So we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. This world has got wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, uh, the thing going on with Israel and Gaza and uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all of the other obstacles that's going on that is ushering us in to the coming of the Lord. We got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We, we can't walk around and say, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? Oh, what if that was to happen here? Guess what? Many of the people in the FBI, 
and other agencies have already said that we need to be prepared for something like 9-11 or something bad to happen here. We've already had people killed. Some people, uh, one, one person was shoved and he fell and hit his head and he died all because he was a Jew. We're, we're living in troublesome times. We're living in times when people, I, I heard of one, uh, I think it was a transgender person, set out to kill some Christians. And I think that they may have killed, I don't know how many or wounded how many, I'm not sure. I didn't read the whole article. But I did read enough to know that it was a transgender person that was attacking Christians. And here's the thing, church. If we think for a moment that when we're standing in the pulpit or we're standing in the in the congregation and we are standing against sin, that all those involved in sin are just going to let us Slide on through. Think again. Think again. Well, now, Pastor, you're scaring me because now you're you're telling me that we all could be attacked. We could. But I choose to overcome. I choose not to fear. I choose to trust the Lord. It's like one person said this one time. I thought it was a great saying. Threaten me with heaven. Like somebody was said, they was going to, you know, take them out. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, kill you. Or I'm going to take you out, or I'm going to do this to you. And 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 they just looked at him and said, "Go ahead, threaten me with heaven." That person had a made up mind. They chose to overcome. That's what we have to do. Well, we look at this, and we see that overcomers think differently. They refuse to waste their energy on thoughts, things they can't change, and and literally they concentrate on the Lord. You see, we too can have that thought process. That's what the Lord began to tell his people. Choose the right. Follow Jesus. The Lord will take care of you. He will provide for you. He'll be your Jehovah Jireh. He will take care of you. And if something happens, you are slain in this world, you'll have a home in glory. Don't let thought processes obstacles, threats, dangerous times cause you to get your eyes off Jesus. Choose, choose to overcome. There's a song that years and years ago, this probably back in the early 80s, late 70s, I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be a Christian. Do you choose to be a Christian? Do you choose to overcome? Do you choose to be more than a conqueror? I pray that you're saying yes to all of those. We find in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8, it says, Finally, brethren, I'll bring this up on the split screen, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. This is what we we got to change our thinking. We got to change how we think, what we think on. Because here's what it says. It says, whatsoever things are true, think on true things. You don't have to worry about the faults things of the world, people lying on you or lying about other stuff. You don't have to worry about that. Think on things that are true. Whatever things are honest. 
I don't want to sit and just think about all the dishonest dishonesty in the land and oh well if you know I wasn't a Christian I could cheat on income taxes I could manipulate the system I could rob uh, you know uh, systems and and uh, and programs and don't think on the dishonest things. Think on the things that are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. I don't want to think on things that are uh, ungodly, immoral, all the sin that's going on in the world. What good does it do a Christian to sit and think about all the sin that's going on and think, well, maybe I'd like to do that. I've always said this, and sometimes it's hard for people to grasp on to uh, when I say this. I wish that when we have young people give their life to the Lord, that they stay in church all their life, and they never know what it's like to smoke a cigarette. They never know what it's like to drink a drink or to take a drug. They never know what it's like to live immoral. And somebody says, oh, if you raise them like that, they'll go crazy when, they're, when they get of age and they'll go wild and they'll never serve the Lord. No, that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Train up a child in the way it should go. When it's old, it won't depart from it. Don't worry about it. People make their own choices. You raise up your child as long as you got responsibility for that child, you raise it up right, you teach it right, you bring it to church, you show it everything it needs to know. If it walks away when it's out on its own, that's your child's problem, not your problem. So what we have to do is we have to think on the things which are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. I want to think on some good things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's pretty good, isn't it? Face your problems honestly. This is another thing we must do. We can't blame others for what we have chosen to do. Well, pastor, my... my uh, Spouse made me do this. My friends made me do this. Oh, the pastor treated me badly, so that's why I did that. Oh, I had someone that come out on Facebook and they was talking bad about me, so I had to I had to retaliate. No choose to overcome. Choose to overcome. Never complain about what you permit. That's a good thing, isn't it? If you allow something, why complain about it? If you allow yourself to fall into a trap, why complain about the trap? Or the misery of being in the trap? If you allow yourself to fall short, you allow yourself to fall into sin or to fall into some devastating situation then you know if if you if you paved the way for you to be dealing with what you're dealing with why are you complaining about it like the old saying goes you made your bed now you have to lay in it sometimes people make their own path to destruction even the bible said thou hast destroyed thyself Sometimes it's the things we do that brings us the most harm. It's not what somebody else does or what somebody else says or how somebody else treats us. It's what we allow. And I want to say that again. It's what we allow. Can't, don't complain about what you allow. Name your weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm weak. There's nothing wrong with saying, 
Lord, I struggle with cigarettes, or I struggle with alcohol, or I struggle with drugs, or I struggle with immorality. There's nothing wrong with talking to the Lord about it and saying, Lord, this is what I'm struggling with. You say, well, the Lord already knows. Yes, he does. But you know some of the greatest things that we can do is name our weaknesses because our honesty will determine our victory. What do you think repentance is? Repentance is naming our weaknesses, naming our failures, naming our shortcomings. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 1 and verse number 9. The Word of God has power. Can we all agree on that? Amen. The Word of God has power. When Jesus faced the tempter in Matthew chapter 4, he quoted the scriptures, thus it is written, to put Satan in his place, to make Satan back off. We need to learn to speak the word in time of adversity, in time of trouble, in time of heartache. If you're afraid of something, quote the scripture, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. If you feel like that that something has happened that's uh, uh, you know pulling you away from the Lord, you just need to name that weakness. Lord, I'm, I'm starting to lose my, my joy. Restore unto me the joy I need. I'm starting to lose my dedication. Don't want to go to church like I once did. I don't want to pray like I once did. Lord, restore that. Name your weaknesses. That's how we overcome. We choose to overcome. Name your weaknesses. Now, the Word of God has power. We need to discipline ourselves to read the Word. And I would like to challenge you to read one chapter a day for the next 30 days. One chapter a day for the next 30 days. And then tell me if you were able to overcome something because of that 30-day immersing yourself in the Word. I guarantee why faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. The Word of God is powerful. It has power. That's how Jesus put the devil in his place. Thus it is written. We need to start speaking the word of the Lord. It is the book of power. You know, um, you can buy these little solar panels, and these little solar panels, uh, sometimes they uh, charge lights. Uh, I've got all sorts of lights that are solar lights, uh, the, the sun stores up the, the power, and it's in a battery. And then when the nighttime comes, it has the power to burn and to shine in the darkness. Uh, it's the same way with the, the gates at CAC. They are solar panels that charge batteries. There's no electricity to those gates. The gates operate on what's stored in the batteries. We need to learn that reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, just like we're doing tonight, is putting a charge in our life so when we walk through our darkness, we still shine as lights. Oh, we need some solar energy, right? Energy from the sun, not the S-U-N. We need to have that intensity of the word in our life, prayer that produces joy, prayer that produces happiness, prayer that gives us strength because we naming, we're naming our weaknesses and we're overcoming. Nothing will ever dominate your life 
unless you let it happen daily. That's why if you read the Word daily, you're not going to let anything but the Word dominate your life. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, to the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Overcomers are not passive. They pursue. They cannot tolerate being enslaved or stopped or slowed down. Choose to overcome. Choose not to be passive. Now, most of y'all know I'm, I'm an electronic nut. There are speakers, uh, our church speakers, for instance, are passive speakers, which means they have to have power going into it from another source to make them work. So that's why we have a power supply. That the, the, the soundboard goes into a power supply. The power supply goes into the speakers. You can buy speakers that are active. They're not passive. They're active. That means they have their own power supply. We should understand that, yeah, we may be passive in that we need power from above. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. But once we get the Holy Ghost, now we become active. We're, we're, not, we're not just walking around without power. Now we are active. We have power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Choose to overcome. You know, um, we need to talk victorious. Talk like you've won the battle and you haven't even started fighting it yet. You say, well, that's just a put on. No, it isn't. Because when you start speaking with faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you're speaking victory and you haven't won the battle, you haven't even started fighting the battle, that's faith. Faith says, I'm going to get to victory. I'm going to come out. On the other side, I may go through this valley, but I'm coming out of it. I may have to face that mountain, but I'm going to climb it. I may even speak to it every now and then just to have it removed so I don't have to climb it. <laughs> Think about that. Choose to overcome. Your words are signals. Now, I'd like to say this. Your words are things that the devil will run with. And, and I just wanted to say this to you because I want you to know if you're always talking like a victim, you'll always be a victim. I never have a chance in life. About the time I take one step forward, I take two steps back. I can't get ahead. It seems like everybody's against me. and all the, If you talk like a victim... You're going to be a victim, which in turn lets us know if we talk like a conqueror, the victor, we're going to be the victor, right? That's right. You know, when you talk like a victim, it invites pity. Oh, you start feeling sorry for yourself other people feel sorry for you because you just you're a victim you're a victim people get that victim mentality and i don't care what you say to them until they change the way they think about themselves and speak about themselves they're always going to be the victim 
They never have a chance in life. They always have the worst things happen to them. It just seems like that everybody else goes right on and they just struggle one day after the next. If you keep talking in the victim mentality, you'll always be a victim. Talk victoriously. Talk encouraging. Talk as an overcomer. I will come out of this. I will overcome this. I will get through this. Oh, there's been many times in the Bible that a lot of the saints of God didn't know how it was going to happen or when it was going to happen. They just knew it would happen. Remember the three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Remember when they got ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace? They said, we're not going to be slow to answer you, O king. We're not going to bow to your music. We're not going to bow to your image. We're not going to bow to the things you want us to bow to. Our God is well able to deliver us. And then they go on and say, he will deliver us. They were talking like victors. They were talking like conquerors. And they're bound. When's the last time you've been bound by something and you started talking how victorious you are and how uh, much of an overcomer you are and you're more than a conqueror. And next thing you know, you're not bound anymore. But if, you, if you're bound and you say, I just... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay home. I'm just gonna give up. I'm just gonna I, I can't go on like this. I can't continue like this. You know what? The devil takes those words, and not only the devil, but your own mind will start thinking of yourself as a victim. Do not get the victim mentality. Get the victor, victorious, overcoming. More than a conqueror. If you'll take that, I guarantee you won't find yourself a victim anymore. You won't be talking like a victim. You'll be talking like a conqueror. David didn't talk like a victim. He looked around and the armies of Israel's hiding out everywhere. And there's Goliath standing there ready to, to you know, brag about what he's going to do and all this, and laughing at David. You're just a lad. What are you going to do? He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. The Lord helped me with the bear, and the Lord helped me with the lion, and you're not going to be any different. We need to start speaking as the victor, not the victim. David could have went and said, who am I? You know, all the armies, these, these are the armies of the living God. If they can't fight this giant, who am I? I'm just a shepherd boy. I'm just too little to do it. And that's why we get the victim mentality in church a lot of times and think, well, we're just a little church. We're just a little country church. We'll never grow. We'll never be big. We'll never, we'll never have uh, people come and want to be a part because we just, we just little and we just, uh, you know, inferior and we just, we just don't have an opportunity in East Kentucky like everybody else has. I've heard people say that, and absolutely. PAC, I heard people say, well, y'all live in Pike County and Phelps is a small town and Pikeville's a small place and Raccoon, you can't do nothing up Raccoon and all these. And, and I said, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm not going to say we're, uh, you know, in Phelps we're just too small to do anything. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. We're more than conquerors. The power of God is not limited to the cities. <laughs> if that was the case, there'd be no churches in the country. God's power is not limited to the cities, the populous, uh, the population areas, the the um, you know mega churches. God wants to work with Pipeful Apostolic Church. Raccoon may be looked by a lot of people, even in our section and district, as being, 
Oh, that's up in the hot head of a holler. But you know what? God can draw people. God don't need a city to draw people. God don't need a mega church to have people come and give their life to the Lord. We got to start thinking victorious. I, I challenge us. I'm going to close because I know that we need to close. But I want to challenge us to think victoriously. Think like a conqueror. Think like an overcomer. Let's see what God's going to do when we start thinking, yeah, PAC, we're going to grow. We're going to have revival. We're going to see souls saved. We're going to see souls get baptized. We're going to see great things happen. When we start seeing those things and saying those things, we'll start seeing those things. Do you know that King Saul was often tormented by evil spirits? And when this happened, he called for David. He said, send David that he may play on his harp. And because of that music, the evil spirits left. David could have, say, could have said, you know, I'm just a harp player. Who am I? I mean, I just play before sheep and sing to sheep. What can I do before the king? I want to close with that. What can you do before the king? Oh, you say, I'm, I'm just a, I'm insignificant. I'm just a small person. I'm just, I, I don't have any great talents. I, I don't have any great abilities. I, I don't know if I can do anything great for the Lord. But the question has to be, What are you going to do before the king? Let's start speaking like we're already in the midst of revival. Just next time you talk to somebody and they say, how's the church doing? Say, we're having revival. Watch it shock them because people want us to be negative. They want, oh, well, we ain't doing no good. We're small. We're still, you know, small numbers. No, we're having revival. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to see people baptized in His name. I challenge all of us for the next 30 days to read a chapter a day and speak victorious over any situation you're faced with. And when somebody looks at you and says, where do you go to church at? You hold your head up, you say Pikeville Apostolic Church, located at 4754 Raccoon Road, Raccoon, Kentucky. Come on and be a part of revival. Come on and be a part of what the Lord is doing. We're going to have victory. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that I have given them your word tonight. I pray that I have helped them and edified them. I pray that you will take the inspiration and just begin to multiply it upon various, various levels that we will start speaking like winners, speaking like victors, speaking like conquerors. And Lord, I know that you're going to send revival and bless us to do great things in Pipeful. For it's in Jesus' mighty name we give you praise. Amen. Well, I certainly hope that you have enjoyed the teaching. I I apologize on the song. I had everything set up that I was going to do. And then, of course, you know, the reverb went crazy, so I couldn't do it. But uh, I do want to um, I do want to uh, uh, ask you to pray that uh, that those that are sick and 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 were not in service Sunday that they'll be able to be back in service. I want to see Sister Sally back in. I want to see uh, you know uh, all of those that have been out sick back in. Uh, I want to see Sister Diane back. Uh, we need to keep reaching out. It's a constant thing to keep encouraging people to not become uh, you know the victim, but to become the victor. 
and you just keep encouraging them that they can overcome whatever they're faced with. They can overcome whatever they're up against. Well, I tell you, I've enjoyed being with uh, everyone tonight, and I hope you've enjoyed the Bible study tonight. I missed everyone on Sunday. We was down in Tennessee preaching a 16th anniversary service, Brother Steve Thornberry, and then uh, we got home about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Uh, I think it was somewhere in that neighborhood uh, Sunday night, and uh, we just had a great trip. It, it was it was uh, tiring, but we got to see some great things happen, and that's always good when you see God moving in the services. And uh, I believe God's moving at Pipeful Apostolic Church. What about you? Well, it is time for us to get out of here and get some things done. Yeah, we got to get out of here. I know that everybody's got things going on and everybody's uh, tired. Maybe you work tonight and today. But uh, I'm glad that you took time out to be with us tonight. Every Tuesday night, Pipeful Apostolic Church, we have a great time. We are out of here.